Sons of Salutations to everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, a very tired host, Judo Dave Roman. I stayed up late last night to watch that Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight, and I gotta tell you, the fight was a lot more interesting than I anticipated it to be. I had been calling it a farce this entire time, but Conor, in my opinion, put up a pretty good fight. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and criticize Conor McGregor. He stepped into a ring and, and, and took a beating last night. And and look, he I don't care what anybody says. Floyd Mayweather outclassed him immensely. And Conor may have won the first three rounds on paper, but Floyd was just picking his spots. And, you know, you know a lot of people who thought that Floyd Mayweather was going to knock him out in the first four rounds, I, I didn't see that happening. I did say that if the fight lasted longer than five rounds, that that it would be a loss for boxing. But but then I remember this is Floyd Mayweather Jr. and this is the way that he wins fights, and he pretty much put on a clinic. He did get tagged by Connor a couple times, and that did surprise me because Floyd has a tendency to not get hit very much. But Connor fought hard. He just didn't look good in the process. Now. I've been watching boxing since about 1985. I think the first match I watched was I was 10 years old and I saw Mike Tyson win his first heavyweight championship of the world. And that was my introduction to boxing. And I've been watching boxing here and there really over the past 30 plus years. And while I don't know everything about boxing, not by a long shot, I don't know about technique. I don't know what things... How, how boxers should you should throw a jab, how you should step. I don't know any of that. I just know that what I saw Conor McGregor do last night, it did not look good at all. I can't sit here and explain to you the fundamentals of boxing, but I just know that he didn't have it. Kind of like when I look at somebody's baseball swing. I know what a good swing looks like and what a bad swing looks like. And it's kind of the same thing in boxing for me. Conor fought hard. And he took a lot of punches. And after the first three rounds, like I said before, it was the Floyd Mayweather show. And Floyd just kept landing punches left and right. And it just was... he uh, Connor had no chance in that fight. Not he, he had to have gotten lucky. In order to win that fight, he would have just had to get lucky enough to tag uh, Floyd with, with a, a heavy left hand or, or something. And it just it just never happened. But I got to give Connor credit. He did step into that ring. Anybody who steps into that ring to take a beating um, <laughs> is more than okay in my book. So I'm not going to sit here and rag on Connor McGregor. He did something that nobody in MMA has ever done before. And Floyd Mayweather did something that nobody in boxing had ever done before, which was fight an MMA guy. Even though it was on the boxing rules, it still didn't matter. He, he put his reputation on the line. And it paid off for him. He's now 50-0. And he said last night that he's going to retire. He broke Rocky Marciano's record of 49-0. And Floyd Mayweather is without a doubt uh, uh, among the top 10 boxers of all time. Maybe I put him in the top 5. I I really strongly uh, feel that way. My only thing, and I've said this before on this podcast, is that the Manny Pacquiao fight he had a couple of years ago that fight needed to happen a lot earlier than it actually did because had 
Floyd Mayweather beating Pacquiao in his prime. Maybe we're talking about Floyd Mayweather being the best ever. And some will make that argument, and I really can't argue against that. So, long story short, I, I thought it was an interesting fight. I don't think this hurts Conor McGregor's reputation at all. I still think he's the best fighter in MMA. And I don't think this I don't think this hurts him one bit. It was a big payday for him. So really congratulations to both men. Alright, so now that I got that out of the way, I'd like to talk about judo related things like I always do. I will not be covering the world championships in this episode. I'm going to wait until the world championships are over. It is Sunday, August 27th at the time of this recording. I figured I'd let you know because I just I'm not watching the world championships right now. It hasn't happened yet. I did watch the draws earlier this morning. I didn't watch the entire thing, but I liked the IJF's presentation. I thought I I've never watched a draws event before, but they were very quick on getting the draws up on the screen. Clearly they had these these uh already figured out and slotted before they pre- presented them to the audience. And I I liked how the IJF did it. You, they, they announced the category and then basically they just put it up on the screen and you could see all the fighters get slotted into their uh, different positions on where they're going to be on the card. I thought it was very interesting to me to see or to not see Teddy Renner be the number one. So he's actually got a fight um, in, in the in the first round. But I, I didn't watch the entire thing, but it was interesting to see. I probably spent about 20 minutes watching it. And I thought the IGF did a very good job presenting the draws. Now, there's a couple of judo-related items I will get to. There is some IGF news that is huge that I I definitely am going to get to. This is this is actually there's two items that are huge. I'll get to that later on in the podcast. But first, I want to talk about something wonderful happening in my own club. We finally got new mats. I, a real Fuji mats, and they are amazing. Right now, we don't have a subfloor for these mats, but it doesn't matter because we've got the inch pads that I've been training on. The, the you know the the foam pads on top of concrete that are an inch thick that we've been training on, and that's been brutal on my body, and I'm still feeling the after effects of a of a muscle spasm that I gave myself about four weeks ago. It's it's really, really tough. I've been tough on me. It's been a tough healing process for me. But on Friday, I finally got to test the mats out for the first time. Even though I'm still in a lot of pain, I was still able to take some falls. And they feel wonderful. And I can't believe how really how long I've been training on, on such poor flooring. And we don't even have a subfloor, you know, it's not it's not a sprung floor or anything like that. We just have these Fuji mats on top of those inch foam mats. And it's, to me, it's plenty. And I, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, with the kids, hey, kids, you got no more excuses on not taking falls. Just, just take the falls and I don't want to hear any more complaining because this floor is awesome. So I, I really, it's, it's been a long time coming for the club. I think it's great. I hope that this will help our club grow and retain more students because wait look I've talked about it on this podcast before one of the best ways to retain adults is to make sure that you have a proper floor I remember uh, several months ago I was you know my son was training with me and he took one fall 
on that floor and, and he was pretty much done for the class. He just, uh, it, it was a tough fall, but, but it's, it's really a lot to ask not only just kids, but adults too, to take those kind of falls. Even, even people like myself with over 11 years experience doing judo, I, all the ukemi in the world, it's, it's, it's too much for my body, especially at my age to take falls on an inch, uh, foam on top of concrete. It's just, it's a bit much. So, so I'm very happy that we got these new mats and I'll, I'll take pictures. I know we took a, a club picture standing on top of them, holding a Fuji banner. Maybe Fuji will, will put that on their Instagram account. That'd be really nice. I just checked their Instagram page. They don't have our picture up there yet soon enough. And when they do, I'll, I'll be sure to post it on, on my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, which that's at La Vida Judoka for Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, you could just search the Judo Chop Sui podcast and you will be able to find me there. If you want to email me about anything, you can reach out to me at judochopsuishow at gmail.com. I love hearing from the listeners. Listeners like at Balthapix, who sent me a tweet on Twitter asking me if I'd give him a shout out. Well, there you go. I hope you're happy. Now get out of here. Come on, get out of here. I appreciate you checking in, listening to the podcast and reaching out to me on Twitter. Like I said, I love the listener reaction. I got a couple of comments. Uh, I got an email that I definitely want to read. And I also got uh, some YouTube comments that I want to get to, which I thought was really interesting. But first, I'd like to cover the email that I received, which was in response to some of my comments that I made in my last episode about the USJA and the USJF. Now, I was not being critical, but I was responding to an email that I received about uh, somebody being critical about the USJF. This is actually a continuation of that. It's it's by the same author, but I'm going to keep this person anonymous because I think while I think he brings up good points, I still... I still don't, again, I've never been a member of the USJF. I still don't really understand what their purpose is and, and how they function. But but this fellow managed to write to me and, and give me a little bit of insight. So he goes here, you ask a good question about the function of USJF and USJA. It really made me think, what is the function of the USJF? Why would I join the USJF over USA Judo? It's the same price. So you can make the price argument. And a USA Judo membership allows entry to a greater number of tournaments. To participate at Senior Nationals or Junior Olympics, you need to be a USA Judo member. On top of that, USA Judo is a great deal for new junior members. Uh, for first-time sign-ups, it's only $40. Why would I, as a parent, pay almost double that so that I could enter fewer tournaments? Imagine you sign up to two or three kids at the same time. That's $80 versus $140 or $120 versus $210. That's a lot of groceries for a family with three kids. Then we have the AAU which has shockingly low price of $14 a year for kids and $16 a year for adults. For people who don't compete or have no plans to compete in non-AAU tournaments, this makes the most sense. Which I kind of agree. I, I think the AAU is one of those organizations that a lot of people in judo overlook, especially people who don't uh, compete on a regular basis. That they Perhaps the AAU provides uh, membership benefits that maybe the other organizations don't. I, I'd love to hear from somebody who can comment on experience with that. I think, I think Sensei's uh, Steve Scott, uh, the the founder of Freestyle Judo, uh, belongs to the AAU as well. He goes on to finish saying the USJF seems to be good at training referees and testing people for showdown, and I don't say that dismissively. 
Those are very important functions. And if USA Judo has programs to do these things, I am not aware of them. But it does take a but does it take a national organization? Maybe you're right. Uh, maybe the function of the USJF and USGA could be folded into a few USA Judo subcommittees. Is that crazy to say? I really don't know. I, and I don't know either. Uh, uh, anonymous emailer. I, I I tend to have the same questions. And every club that I've been a part of has just been a USA Judo club. So I've not known any different. I know. I have seen the promotion requirements for the USJA and the USJF. The requirements themselves are not very different than what I've seen for USA Judo, at least uh, uh, you know my promotion processes and such. But uh, uh, perhaps the application of how those promotions are, are done are very different. Uh, maybe they are very different. Maybe they're not. I don't know anybody uh, from... USA Judo who has had to go to an independent promotion board to get promoted. I've heard from people in other countries where they think that's very odd. I don't know. I, I know in Japan they do. They have a promotional board. I know in Germany. I know in Canada. I know really in a lot of places they have independent promotion boards. And it's my understanding that USJF does the same thing. In my experience, I did not go through a promotion board for USA Judo. I mean, my my promotion had to be certified. It had to go through USA Judo. All, all the I's had to be dotted. All the T's had to be crossed and such. But I didn't I didn't have to go to a promotion board or or do what they do in the UK, which is like I think they have to fight three fights against people who are of the rank that they are trying to be promoted to. And that's not without its flaws too, because it's my understanding from people that I've talked to in the past that a lot of shenanigans go on at those tournaments as well. Like you, you got guys taking falls for other guys when it's supposed to be a Shi'i. So, you know, that's not necessarily a perfect way to go about it either, especially if you've got people, you know, making agreements. Hey, you take the fall for me in this, I'll take the fall for you next time, that kind of thing. But I don't know. I again, I'm, I'm not being critical of anybody. I've, I've just these have just been my experiences, and a lot of the things that I talk about on this podcast is my experiences, and and I love so I love listening to reaction because I get a a different sense on how judo is done, how it's practiced, how it's experienced through different clubs, not only in the United States but throughout the world, and that much is clear. I'd like to read a comment that I received on one of my Facebook videos. For those who don't know, I do have a Facebook channel. Just search for Judo Chop Suey Podcast. Sometimes I put my training uh, videos that I've had in the past and even the more recent ones up there. But I use it as a means to reach out to people who may want to listen to the podcast through YouTube. I got a response from somebody. He actually left several comments. He wasn't rude or anything like that. But he made a statement. I'll just read one of the comments on this video. He had like four uh, it was it was in response to episode five, which I did way back in January. And boy, uh, first things first, I had to re-listen to a, a portion of this episode because I simply don't remember what I said. And I I got to say, guys, I apologize for the crap that I put out there early. You know, I was just trying to do my best being a new podcaster. And I really didn't know, you know, like the best way to go about it, how to record, how to edit. 
Maybe most of you guys listen to this hideous podcast and say to yourself, damn, I just wish he'd shut off his mic already. I don't know. I still love doing this podcast and I'm going to continue to do it. But And I hope that I get better as the months go by and heck, maybe even years. But I got to say, I think I've come a long way and it was hard for me to listen to this earlier episode of my own work. But I know back then, just like I do today, I really do my best. At least I try my best behind the microphone. And sometimes my the way it comes off can be a little bit arrogant or misguiding. But that's not my my intention at all. I just I just enjoy having a good time talking to you guys behind the microphone. And I enjoy listening to your reactions or, or getting your reactions, I should say. Anyway, so I'm going to read this one comment. He says, um, hopefully Sambo will make it to the Olympics with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, I don't agree with that. Some of you guys do not understand the different styles of judo depending on if the countries had either a jacket or belt folk wrestling style. Please don't crap on the different styles of judo. Now, when I listened to this episode, I was not crapping on different styles of judo. And I was not saying that we should all do judo the Japanese way. I don't know. This person who had written to me must have gotten that impression. What I was stating, and this this episode was in response to some of the things that Neil Adams said on a Facebook live chat where he was talking about wrestling and the inevitable leg grab question came up. And all I had said in that episode in response to what Neil was saying is that judo had to get away from jacketed wrestling. That's all I said. I wasn't crapping on the other styles of how other countries do judo. But the fact remains is that especially going into the late, uh, you know, 2008 through 2010, uh, judo in the lightweight divisions had become a jacketed freestyle wrestling. And sure, there's some people that, that love that style of judo, but it was very painful to watch. And I'm go- and it's evident by the changes that judo has made to the rules that judo has definitely grown and gotten a lot more watchable. Whether you want to make the argument that it hurts judo's syllabus to be a complete martial art, you can make that argument, and I'll listen to that argument, and I, quite frankly, I do agree with that. I think leg grab should be included in regular judo practice. We we lose out on kataguruma. We lose out on Nagi. I, I agree with that. But when it comes to competitive judo, it's it's far more watchable today. And, and I would like to springboard into another discussion of a big, big news item that I read just the, the other day uh, involving the IJF. Actually, there's two things. One, you guys are going to really love. And two, you're going to really love this one. But the first one, you're not going to love nearly as much. Well, let me get let me make this clear. I think this is great news, this first item. Mr. Marius Weiser has been re-elected for a fourth term to be, be president of the International Judo Federation. This was announced on Friday on the IGF's Twitter and also on their official website. Uh, the article in part states, Mr. Weiser, who was elected as IGF president in 2007, was re-elected by acclamation for the period between 2017 and 2021 ahead of the 2017 Suzuki World Championships, which begin Monday. Mr. Visor states, thank you very much to everyone. 
It is a great honor for me to serve judo together with our team for the next four years and to promote judo's values to the world. I hope I can offer to you support and together we can develop judo for the next generation. I wish you all the success. I wish you all a successful world championships and a wonderful stay in Budapest. So say what one will about Mr. Marius Weiser and the direction judo has gone over during his tenure starting in 20, uh, 2007. There has been some uh, a lot of ups. There's been some downs. But I have to say overall a whole lot of ups. Especially when it comes to making judo a more... <laughs> oh boy, here we go. A more watchable sport. And getting more interest in, in growing... Look... To, 10 years ago, there was not, as far as I know, not a reliable live stream of IJF events. I certainly don't recall being able to turn on the the IJF uh, anytime I wanted to, whether it be on YouTube or, or watch a live event in the way that I am able to today. And the IJF continues to gain more sponsors and improve its technology and improve its presentation. It's, look, I... I I think the IJF does a fantastic job with presenting judo. There's always room for improvement, but as a whole, I just think they do a good job with presenting judo, uh, communicating with the judo world audience, and doing their best to grow the sport. And along those lines, there is another huge announcement, and I have to believe this has been brokered in part by Mr. Marius Weiser. The news article states this, the IJF president announced, this is also on Friday, a partnership between the IJF and CNN as a sports world governing body seeks to grow its sport and attract new fans. A new series of 30-minute shows called Judo World will begin airing September as CNN covers the sport's major events with unprecedented coverage. A judo microsite is now live on the CNN website and the sport and in the upcoming 2017 World Suzuki Championships, or I'm sorry, Suzuki World Championships are being covered across CNN's digital channels. Mr. Visor states, we are proud to announce a contract with CNN for high level coverage for judo. It is an honor and privilege, and I hope it will be a long term partnership with CNN. Let me tell you, so do I, because this is the kind of stuff that see, that that judo needs to grow its sport on a global level and for that these athletes to get more money for winning prestigious IJF events a few of the CNN uh, stakeholders had some comments and Mr. Matthew Percival, executive producer and commissioning editor of CNN International, stated, Judo World combines coverage of this unique martial art at its highest level with in-depth reporting on the rich traditions and community aspects of Judo from around the world, allowing viewers to experience the full range of stories surrounding this truly international sport. With front seats at the biggest events on the Judo calendar across all platforms, our audiences will be able to follow the very best of the action and meet the world's champion judoka starting at the 2017 World Judo Championships in Budapest. The first episode of Judo World will air on September 8th on CNN International, featuring a look at the Budapest World Championships with Episode 2 in Tokyo and a third episode in Paris on the occasions of Japan and France's respective Grand Slam events. Again, this is huge. 
and for anybody who gives a rat's patootie about IGF and high-level competition, this is great news for everybody involved. And I would like to congratulate Mr. Marius Weiser and everybody involved at the IGF for making this happen because this is exactly, again, this is going to be a trickle-down effect, in my opinion, for the judo community. Whether you starting at the IJF and a granted look because I'm an American, I always think about you know how this may impact judo in America or uh, in the United States in particular. I think the other countries are going to benefit immensely from this, but especially the United States. You you get judo on the screens and you make it look exciting, and and you start getting these athletes' names out there. Especially we we're living in a world where we're so connected, and people genuinely care about how other countries do things and what other cultures do and what other cultures have as far as their own sports and things like that. I've talked about the NFL going over to to England and I believe they're making a trip to Mexico or Japan as well sometime either this year or, or the next couple of years. People want to be connected and I think for the IJF to have a partnership with CNN is just huge news. And if we can just get judo on television like with programs like judo world it's it's going to be a wonderful wonderful thing and and the good thing about this is that this is not going cnn is not going to take away what the ijf does in terms of broadcasting its judo events but you you get these judo events being covered by cnn you're going to get advertisers that are going to be interested in wanting to advertise at judo events and, and and again, this is this is such to me anyway. Having been in the media ratings industry, worked I worked for Nielsen for several years. This is just such a tremendous deal. And and again, I I just think uh, you, you got to take the good with the bad when it comes to Marius Visor. But but this there's been a whole lot of good, and you can just chalk this up on the side of the chalkboard where it's where the column says good. Because this is just that, and I'm telling you, that column far outweighs anything bad. And and so, congratulations to Mr. Visor again, to the IGF, and to CNN for for this kind of a deal. It, it's it, this is just awesome. And I'll be sure to link to the article and to the CNN site where you can see more information about this new program called Judo World. Now, speaking about the growth of judo, there's a news item that I read on judoinside.com, which is where I go for all of my judo news. This article is about the increase of more than 400% for world championships prize money. Now, I read this on Judo Inside, but I believe this may have been a press release by the IGF, but I'm going to read this to you because I, I find this interesting as well. The individual world championships will have prize money of $798,000 US dollars for the medal winners. 20% will be for the coaches of the athletes. The world champion will receive a debit card with 20,800 US dollars and the winning coach 5,200 US dollars. The runner up will take 12,000 US dollars and the coach 3000 US dollars for the bronze medalist $8000 is a share while the coach will receive 1600. In 2015 in the Astana World Championships uh, the the world championship the gold medal winner earned $6000 including 20% for the coach and the silver medal is 4000 and the bronze medal is $2000. 
for the team event, uh, a, uh, a price amount of $200,000 is available. $90,000 will be available for the golden uh, the gold medal winning mixed team, $60,000 for the runner-up, and the two bronze medal teams will pick up $25,000. Uh, and let's see, continuing on, likely there will be more prize money available for the best male and female athlete over the period. And the expectation is that Teddy Renier and Mejlinda Kelmendi will cash those prestigious awards. Yeah, I probably agree with that. They'll probably be voted again and they'll get a prize money. But see, when you have more sponsorships and more viewerships, there's going to be a bigger and bigger prize pool for for the gold medal winners and or really for all the medal winners, the prize pools will increase, increase, increase. So when you got this program with CNN called Judo World and, you know, sponsors see this and they want to get on board and they, they want to put their labels on everything, whether it's on the judogi, hopefully that won't happen. But on the mats, you know, I mean, let's I mean, hopefully we won't see um, <laughs> the, the 2018 World Championships sponsored by Budweiser or something like that. I wouldn't want to see that. But, you, you know, you get Budweiser money or Coca-Cola money in there. That's that's uh, That would be a huge deal. And that's only going to benefit the athletes. It's going to benefit the IGF. And as you know, all of that should, well, should trickle down to the different national governing bodies, which would include, in, in my case, USA Judo. So this is really great news for the athletes. I've been critical of some of the claims of a billion people watching USA IJF events, and I'm still going to be critical of that claim because if there's really a billion people watching in all of 2017, then there needs to be far more money than twenty thousand dollars to the winner. That that should be that should be like two million dollars if there's that many eyeballs on judo. But you got to take baby steps to get there, and I think. With this partnership and look, as you guys, if you guys can't tell, I'm really excited about this program on CNN. I'm sure I've got a CNN international channel somewhere that I can watch. If it's not part of my cable package, I'll stream it somewhere. Uh, Hopefully I can stream it legally. (laughs) I don't know if you guys caught this, but there's another, uh, there's another, well, there's a lot of judo news related going uh, items going on right now, but there's a news item that was very unfortunate for a former competitor uh, somebody from Great Britain. I'm sure you guys have heard of Winston Gordon. I, if I haven't talked about him on the podcast, I, I'm sure I will at some point. He's got a great series on on his Osotogari entry on Superstar Judo that I absolutely love. But this unfortunate bit of news, I, I didn't hear about this until a couple of days ago. Um, this comes from JudoInside.com. Apparently, Winston Gordon was at that Cambrils, uh, that, that terrorist attack in Cambril, Spain. So the news item goes, former British Olympic Olympian Winston Gordon was hit in the foot by a ricocheting bullet as police gunned down one of five terrorists in Cambrils. Gordon, 40, who has competed for Team Great Britain in three Olympic Games, was enjoying a late night beer with eight friends when he was caught up in the crossfire. Gordon said a piece of shrapnel, apparently from one of the bullets, sliced through his skin on his left foot, leaving blood pouring from the wound. Seconds later, the terrorist who was wearing a fake suicide belt over his orange shirt was lying dead on the ground. The terrorist was one of five men who were in an Audi A3 which plowed through, plowed into people walking on the seafront in Cambrils at around 1 a.m. 
Four of the gang who were wielding knives were shot by a single policeman at the scene where the fifth man ran around 200 meters up the road. Gordon, who was in Cambrils to help out an international judo camp, said, I was with six or seven friends when two girls ran in looking really scared. The 40-year-old British coach is working in Bayern for quite some some years training the talents there in the south of Germany. So that's really unfortunate. I'm, and I just, I, I didn't know that this, this terrorist attack, this terrorist attack affects everybody, obviously, in their own way. But I didn't know that this directly impacted people within our uh, global judo community. So Winston, I know you never hear this, but I wish you the very uh, best in a speedy recovery. And uh, I'm very sorry that you had to go through this with, uh, with your friends and, and be put in such a terrible position. I, I've, I've never been in a terrorist attack, but I, um, there was a workplace shooting that I've been in at, and that was a really horrifying experience and nobody ended up dying, but just, uh, just some Looney tune that was shooting up the, the windows at the workplace. But it was definitely a, a very scary experience. And when you start thinking about, you know, your, your life tends to flash before your eyes. What, how do you want to go out? What's the last thing you say? Who do you text? All that kind of stuff. It was, um, it was a very, very, uh, shocking experience to say the least. And, um, you know, so I know what it's like to be a part of something like that. So again, Winston, hope you all are doing well. Hope you and your friends are doing well and um, uh, best of luck to you. All right, guys, I really appreciate you checking out the podcast and, and listening in. I love the listener reaction. I love all the interaction that I have with you guys on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Check out my Instagram. I put up some pictures of the solar eclipse. That was really cool. I, I borrowed somebody's solar eclipse glasses and I... I put my phone near the glasses and I was able to take a picture of what the eclipse looked like in Tampa, Florida. So that picture on my Instagram page, that is a photograph by the, by yours truly. And I thought, uh, I thought it came out well, all things considered. If you want to see that picture and others, you can follow me at LaVita Judoka. My Twitter is also at LaVita Judoka. The Facebook is Judo Chop Suey Podcast. And you could do the same thing if you want to find me on YouTube. Just search for Judo Chop Suey Podcast and you'll definitely find me. I've got, as I think I mentioned it before, I've got other videos from the past that, I, that I've had from training in the past. Some of them are getting close to 10 years old by now. So I, I try and every time I publish a new episode of this podcast, it automatically gets uploaded to YouTube. So I know some of you listen to this on YouTube and I appreciate you doing that. And don't forget, you can always email me at the Judo Chop Suey Podcast at gmail.com. That's Judo Chop Suey Podcast at gmail.com. I love the emails. I keep getting them. I love reading them. I can't get to them. I can't respond to them all on the air, if you want to call this on the air. But I will always try to respond to you as quickly as possible uh, via email. And um, I want to make sure that I, that I keep that open line of communication. It's important to me. I love talking to you guys. So with that, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great rest of the week. I hope you are enjoying the Suzuki World Championships. Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email. If you want to get on me for a prediction that I made on my last episode that I was wrong, feel free to go ahead and laugh at me. I don't mind. I deserve it. Train hard. 
stay safe out there. And until next time, I'm out. Open Gangnam Style.